Hey friends, this is Mario J. Radford. I'm the pastor of Growth Point Church, and this is our podcast. I pray that it connects, leads, and maybe introduces you to a growing and life-changing relationship with Jesus. Now let's go into the message. How many of you all have friends that you thank God for? Any of y'all got friends? You got friends that you thank God for? I want to talk today from the topic, thank you for being a friend. We just, just sort of lean towards someone. You might not be there for me. Just tell them, thank you for being a friend. You're a friend to somebody. Thank you for being a friend. You may be seated. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. Um, be glorified. Dip me down in your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, thank you for being a friend. I want to do a test real quick before I go into the message. And I want to do a test. And I want to just test and see how spiritual you are. Um, and I want to test you on a few things just to uh, see how you are and how you relate to these certain things before I get to the word. Because I know you are a deep church. So I want to make sure that I, I check your deepness and see how you are. Okay. Jermaine, are we ready? Let's check this first one and see how good you are with this. You, do you know this? If you do, just participate if you do. Y'all know that? Yeah, I want us to dim the lights and turn off the... Yeah, let's turn that off. It might get everybody sad because we miss Whitney. <laughs> yeah, we can say it. All right, good. That's good. Y'all know this song? Everybody know this song? Good? All right. All right. Let's see about this one. Let's go to this next one. Y'all probably too safe for this one. Turn it up, please. Yeah. Y'all. Y'all. Y'all, I thought y'all went church. Y'all were choir rehearsal? That's good. All right, good. All right, let's bring that out because a lot of, you know, sanctified people, they're getting really upset. So let's go to this last song. This was at choir rehearsal. Y'all probably know this one. Come on, sing church. All right, good. Okay, all right, we through. This this enough. It's, yeah, this enough. All right, good. Clap your hands if you knew all those songs. Clap, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got one golden girl left and we holding on to her. We just got one left, you know, one left. So we're, we're holding on to her. So um, I don't know where she is, but we holding on to her. Um, but those songs uh, all remind us, many of you, when you hear those songs, it takes you to, hey, Nico, every time you hear those songs, it takes you to a place. Um, of course, you remember where you were when you first heard that song, Houdini. And when you first heard the song, Count On Me, it makes you remember Whitney and all that type of stuff. And when you hear Golden Girls, those of you who still watch Golden Girls to this day, um, you still know that song. You sing along with it every time. 
And um, I was thinking about it as it relates to this particular scripture. And we're in this series about family and about friends and relatives and associates and everyone that we're connected to. And I was thinking about that because many of us always and often say, especially in this time, uh, I need a friend. Um, I need someone, and when you think of friendship, it's someone that you don't have any romantic interest in, but it's someone that you can depend on, and someone that is there for you in different seasons and different times, and all of us uh, have needed a friend. Um, there's a scripture that says that there is a friend who sticks closer to you than a brother, and we oftentimes need a friend. Uh, but I, I want to ask, as we go into this particular scripture today in this text, as I try to do the best job to explain it as it relates to reaching your family, your relatives, and your associates, um, and I, wanna, I also want to shout out uh, 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 Timothy Queen, who is, uh, also has just defended uh, his particular dissertation, so we shout him out for that. Those of you who never had a dissertation, you don't have to worry about it, but we shout him out. Uh, but anyhow, uh, but for those of us who um, are always looking for a friend, and we need a friend, my question to you as far as your friends, your, your relatives and your associates is, how many people can say to you, thank you for being my friend? There are a lot of us who are always saying, we need a friend. I need a friend. I need somebody that's going to be there for me. I need someone I can depend on because people are, are strange and you can't depend on people. But how many people would actually say to you, thank you for being a friend for me when I needed you? And as it relates to this particular text, we find that as we open up the scripture, that Philip um, was basically on a journey. And as Philip was on this journey, he was on a basically, if you want to use it, he was on a ministry crusade where many people everywhere he went, he was preaching. And as he was preaching, he was seeing miracles and he was seeing all these different things. And some of you might not have ever heard the story. So I'm going to try to make sure I justify this text and, and explain it to you in a way that makes you want to go back and read it. But we find out that he was preaching and everywhere he went, there was signs and wonders and miracles that were following him and there was so much ministry that was happening. I don't know if you've ever been in the season, uh, not just those of you who have been in ministry, but those of you who have been in business those of you who have been in any line of work where so many good things were happening, you just didn't want it to end. That was basically the season of which Philip was in where so many things were happening. So much ministry was happening that he almost didn't want it to end. So much so that there was one named Simon uh, who was enamored with the presence of God and the Holy Spirit that was uh, being uh, distributed by the laying on of hands that he even said to him, he said, can I pay you for what you have? Um, he got enamored by it and he thought that money could get him what he had. Uh, Philip said, this is not for sale. This thing that I have had nothing to do with money or had nothing to do with anything I did. It had everything to do with what Christ did and what Christ did for me. Uh, I cannot give it to you. I cannot sell. I could not pay a price. I cannot put a price on this thing. I can't put a price on what I have because it's too precious for me just to give away for you. And there comes a season and a time in your life where you have gone through too much for you to give it away without a, for you to give it away so easily uh, there, there comes a point in time that is not just your gifting and your talents that you're protecting many of you get to the point where you will protect your peace uh, where you'll protect your sanity uh, where you'll protect your space where you will say there are some things I can get another of but what I cannot get another of is me and I cannot get another I cannot give you my time because I cannot get it back has anybody ever gotten to that season in your life where you look 
through your phone and there's some people it's not that you don't love them but you don't have time to answer it you don't have time for foolishness you don't have time to be anybody else's garbage disposal you don't have time to waste your advice on someone who's not going to use it in the first place they only wanted to call you to vent and to talk about this and talk about that and talk about this church and talk about what they saw on Facebook because they don't read the book but they always on Facebook and they don't pray but they always praying and they want to share all that different stuff on you and there comes a point in the season maybe it's age I don't know maybe it's my 40s I don't know but you get to the point where you say I just don't have time to give you time to waste my time I just don't have time anymore for you to waste my time disposing your stuff I'm not venting I'm just telling you where I am I don't have time for you to tell me the same stuff you were telling me 10 years ago and you still haven't changed I don't have time to give you advice on the same stuff I gave you advice on five months ago and you still haven't changed and I don't have advice to give you relationship advice and all you want to do is be a hoax excuse me all you want to do is just slip around I don't have time somebody holler out I don't have time sometimes the best friend I can be to you is a silent one my silence is a whole paragraph read in between my silence there are times that I used to waste my words on the wrong opportunity it's nothing worse than someone giving asking you for valuable advice for them to waste it <laughs> so Simon he was saying to Simon I can't just give you this thing this ain't for cost this is not a, this this thing I have to protect this thing uh, so in the midst of that, in the midst of his ministry, in the midst of all these different things going well for him, and in the midst of great ministry and all this stuff going on, in the midst of that, God spoke to him. And it says the scripture, the spirit, and I know they're going to put on the screen and they, they've been having a hard time following me here recently. But the scripture says the scripture, the spirit spoke to him and he said, go from your busy schedule and move to a desert. Move from busyness move from all these ministry experiences and move to a desert now some of y'all feel like that when you came to Kentucky come on it's all right don't I'm not I'm not offended some of y'all came from Detroit and some of y'all came from Ohio and Jersey and Atlanta and then Mississippi and all these different places and all the places God would send you you looking and saying to horses <laughs> I text somebody early, I won't say who it was, but she is sitting over here by somebody who's one of the elders. And I was texting them and she was talking about she didn't even know what was going on yesterday. And I said, don't say that out loud to anybody in Kentucky. But when you haven't been here <laughs> and you had a more faster paced life in California and we sitting over here in Kentucky celebrating horses, you like, what? And y'all dressing up for that? Huh? Where they do that at? <laughs> but in the midst of <laughs> some of y'all just like, that's the best message I've ever heard. But for some people, and in this particular instance, he could have gotten so caught up in where he was. So caught up in the bustle and so excited in all these different things that he could have missed what God was saying. There's a message in that. It's not in this particular message. I want to give it to some of you. Don't get, don't fall so in love with your season that you miss the next one. <laughs> Anytime you have a blessing season, get prepared for the wilderness one. 
you're either coming out in it or going into you have to you have to thank God for every season don't ever get stuck in one season so so Philip had gotten he was so enamored and so grateful for everything that God was doing but God spoke to him and he said to him he said hey he said I need you to go and move to the desert he said, because when you go to the desert and go to this particular place and to this, to this region that I'm going to send you to, he said, there's going to be someone that's a eunuch. He's going to be riding in a chariot. He said, and when you get to him, I'm going to tell you what's next. And he said to him, basically in his mind, he was like, I need you to go be a friend to somebody else right now. Because you're going to get so caught up in all of this type of stuff that you might miss the next thing. He said, I want you to leave all of this stuff and I want you to leave. He said, because I need you to be a friend to somebody else. And this is how you know you can be a friend to somebody else. And this is how you know you have a friend. You have a friend when your friend can leave or discern an assignment from the crowd. When they can get to the point where they can prior to prioritize the call from the crowd. You have to prioritize, prioritize the call from the crowd. That's very, very important. Because Philip could have got to the point that he was so caught up in the crowd that he missed his call. What that means is, if you are always looking for applause and always looking for a pat on the back and always looking for someone to celebrate you, you might miss the call because sometimes the call comes with no applause. Sometimes the call comes with no crowd. Sometimes the call would just be a coworker. Sometimes the call would just be a cousin. Sometimes the call will just be someone that gets on your nerves and it won't be the crowd. It won't be the masses. Let me tell you something. All calls are not meant for advertisement. If you paid for someone's gas, you don't have to take a picture beside the gas and then be able to say I was doing it for Jesus. Were you? Sometimes a call is talking to someone in the middle of the night who's on the verge of committing suicide and you don't get to tweet that and you don't get to post that. It's will you answer your phone when I'm getting ready to shoot this needle in my arm? Can you talk me off this ledge? The call is not always advertised. Every time you grab the microphone, it is not the time for you to give the resume of how great you were somewhere else. It is not that time. There are some times, there are many times that I went to prison and no one ever knew it. There are many times I went to a nursing home and I don't even know if they understood what I was saying. But my call took me to where I was. It had nothing to do with a crowd or an offering. Philip could not get so caught up in the crowd that he missed his assignment, that he missed his call, that he got so caught up in all that type of stuff. And I'm afraid, my brothers and my sisters, that some of you don't have a friend because your friend is more interested in comments and likes and in shares and in retweets. And they're not interested in you. But that's not a friend. That's somebody who's looking for an opportunity. A real friend, Jesus said, I will leave the 99 and go after the one person. A friend will leave the crowd because the call is more important. He will prioritize the call over the crowd. So Philip, God said to him, he said, get up. He said, get up. 
He said, get up from this thing. He said, don't, don't get caught up in all these different things. I want to see how called you are. Because if you're really called, you'll also be called in the desert. Oh, I got a word for somebody. The anointing is just not for Sunday. <laughs> and there are sometimes you won't feel it, but still have it. Some of y'all think that the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit and some of us feel like all of this is just for in here. So I felt it. Can you feel it when they're getting ready to cut off your lights? Can you feel it when they're trying to, when the doctor's telling you, you need medication? Can you still shake that thing? Can you still have the Holy Ghost under all types of seasons and under all types of things? Because the call is not always popular. It's not always so Philip got up from the crowd and he left and he went to the desert. And the scripture says that when he went to the desert and when he got there, scripture says he got there. And when he saw the, saw the eunuch, it says he got there and he saw that there's a particular eunuch. Let me get here because I don't want to miss this. This particular eunuch, for those of you who don't know what a eunuch is and it's okay. A eunuch is someone um, who is not able to produce life on their own. Uh, a eunuch is someone who has been castrated. Uh, a eunuch is someone whose parts of his body, his reproduction organs are not in use. Uh, that's as far as I can go with that. It's not in use, but he's not able to produce. This eunuch came from Ethiopia uh, of the area of Candace. Uh, Candace was not a person. It was a person. That it, was, it was the region that represented the particular queen of that time. He came into Jerusalem. It says that he was going there uh, to, uh, to honor the Pentecost. It was time for that particular feast of uh, Pentecost. And he was going there to be able to represent that. And it says that even though he went there to represent, uh, to, to fulfill the ritual, I don't want you to miss says he went to fulfill the ritual it says that after he left Jerusalem he was driving back in his chariot meant that he was rich riding back in his chariot and he was reading the scripture and while he was reading the scripture he didn't understand it now I don't want to miss this part before I go to my next point this eunuch who was not able to produce anything went to Jerusalem to go honor the, the feast of Pentecost left the ritual and when he left the ritual, he still went back with no understanding. He went to Jerusalem, which represents the holy city, which represents the spot that they went to have worship. He went to the spot, but left the spot with no understanding. I want to subscribe to many of you. You can come to church every single Sunday and still leave with no understanding. You can hear me every single week. You can watch every YouTube video known to man and still have no understanding. This man went to, the, to observe the feast, meaning he went to observe the ritual, but he had no relationship with the ritual. And there are many of us who do the ritual, but have no relationship with why we do it. So you can be here, we can be here, hear a word, and this is Sunday, this is what I do. And you can never have a relationship with what you're doing. But just do it because it is your routine that has now become your religion. He said he walked. So this, this eunuch who was not able to produce left and started reading. Because when you're not able to produce anything, it leaves a void in your life. There's nothing like serving someone. But the person you're serving can produce, but you can't produce. So you serve who can produce. You might have missed that. 
The eunuch could not produce on his own, but he was serving us, serving someone who could produce. And he was just doing the bidding of the person that he served, going through the rituals, but couldn't do anything on his own. So what the historians say is oftentimes they would use eunuchs because eunuchs couldn't do anything else but serve. Because they couldn't produce anything else. So all they could do was serve. And I want to talk to some people today who you feel like you can't produce anything. Where all you feel like is you are a title. Or you feel like you can't get a break. Because all you feel like is you just do and do and do and do and never produce anything. Can I just check the room real quick? Is there anybody in the room who just feels like nothing you do seems to work? Can you just raise your hand right now? Just to be honest, to be able to say, no matter what I do, I keep trying and nothing I do seems to produce anything. I'm serving, but I'm serving in misery. I want to say this. You can serve in ministry and still be in misery. You can be an usher. You can be a greeter. You can be on the praise team. You can be a musician. You can be the pastor. You can be everybody and be a functioning, miserable person. Because you have learned how to operate under routine and have no relationship with what you do. I want to tell you something as a minister and those and before I was a minister, I was a worship leader. I have sang many songs and made the people happy while I was sad. I have shouted the room and felt like I wanted to give up at the end of the song. I have preached to packed crowds and packed houses and left feeling empty, more empty than the room was. Because you can become a functioning Christian and have no relationship with the God of your salvation. He was a eunuch, just filling a role, but couldn't produce anything. I feel like there's something there. Well, some of you all are smiling, but your smile means nothing. Well, you're saying, someone says, how are you blessed? Highly favored. And it's a routine. You say it, but you don't feel it. When you come in here and you shout, you wave your hand, do all that type of stuff. But when you leave here, you feel like, what is the purpose of all of this? Why am I here? I've been in church all my life. My mama told me to do this, all this type of stuff. And I can't produce anything. Someone say, I need a friend. Because that's where this, this, where this eunuch was, where he was filling the role, but he couldn't produce anything. He left and, and he left and read and did all the different things and left and still didn't understand what he was reading. God called Philip to him. When he got to him, he said, go to him. And he when, when by the time Philip, the says the spirit lifted him up and he says, by the time he called up with him and the chariot, it says that when he got to the chariot, it says that he was reading out loud the scripture. He was reading it out loud, meaning that Philip put the scripture up there. It's put, it said that he was reading out loud the scripture. He says that he could hear, he, could, he was reading, and he was reading to the point that Philip could hear him outside of his chariot. He could hear him outside of what it was that he was saying. So much so that Philip said to him, he said, do you understand what you're reading? Do you understand what you're reading? That means that he had enough humility to be able to read it out loud for understanding. 
He said, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I understand unless somebody interprets it for me? I don't understand it. I don't get what it is that I'm reading. He says, come on up to me. He said, come up here. He said, ride with me in the chair. That's what a friend would do. The first thing, a friend will prioritize the call of the crowd. And the second thing is that a friend will make sure that they come to sit until you fit. A friend will sit with you until you fit. My brothers and my sisters, friends, neighbors, missionaries, evangelists, and teachers. There are many of you who you got your fix and you left everybody else. How can we be so saved that we forget about everybody else? Philip, he said, he said, do you understand? And the eunuch had the humility to be able to respond and say, I don't understand. He said, come up here. He said, I need a friend. So a real friend will come and sit until you fit. What means until you figure it out. I'm going to sit with you. What that means is I won't judge you for what you don't know. Long are the days where we try to trip people up just so we can make you feel bad because you don't understand what I understand. Just because someone has been in church longer than you does not mean they know more than you. Long are the days where we try to get dressed up to make you feel like you don't fit it. And we try to talk in a language. That's why sometimes when I'm, I'm preaching, I'm ministering to you, I'm trying to explain it in such a way that you don't ever think it's so high that you can't obtain it. That you don't ever think it's so high that it can't relate to you. Because my job is to sit with you until you get it. And let me tell you this. Sitting with people takes patience. See, we don't have, I miss a lot of our older mothers, and we have our mother Higgins, and we have uh, mother Joe, and we have uh, uh, mother Doll, and we have different uh, mother uh, uh, Emma and uh, elder uh, Donna. We have those. But I, you know what I miss about a lot of the older is that before they judge you, they talk to you. They would say, come here. Come here for a minute. Let me talk to you. You'd be like, what, mother? What do you want? What do you want? Let me tell you. Let me, let, you know, I, I know I look like this now. But when I was your age, oh, I was something nice. And I've been where you are. You know, sometimes my husband, he used to work late and I used to have to take care of my children. I have to cook and I used to iron the clothes, iron the clothes. Oh, yeah, we did that back in the day. We ironed clothes. And and when my husband came home on third shift, I would have cooked a meal that was already prepared for him. Oh, you cooked? Oh, yeah, we did. We used to do that. And, and before the children ate, I would make sure my husband ate because he was out there. He was out there sacrificing for us. So I did that. And some of y'all like that I don't cook. Maybe that's why. Sorry, excuse me. Let me get out of that. But they would tell you and they would walk you through different things and tell you how they got to where they are and how they walked through this different thing. And he invited Philip up. He said, I need you to sit with me because I don't get it. And I want to minister to some of you all who you've been faking the funk. You've been acting like you know something you don't know. And you know, you want to know what's keeping you from Jesus? It's not me. It's your pride. 
pride will destroy you where you just can't say I need help where you just can't say I don't know and I don't understand if you want help you have to say something and to be able to say I don't get it and I don't understand it and I'm sorry I don't get it you don't ever have to apologize for what you don't understand what you should apologize is that you haven't said it sooner if you're broke say something When you go out to eat with someone, you need to say in the parking lot, I'll go out to eat with you, but I don't got no money. Come on, church. Y'all get there, and then it gets real awkward. The waiter comes around, and y'all looking around. You know what I'm thinking about? I got to go to work tomorrow, and I just got to get the hogs right. You know, you know all this stuff. Instead of having a conversation before time and saying, I don't have it, and I'm not going to front like I do. Some of y'all are getting depressed right now. I was having a conversation with someone in my family. And some of y'all are getting depressed right now because you're looking on Facebook and Instagram and you're seeing everybody on vacation and you think you're missing something. There is nothing wrong with saying I'm not missing anything because I don't have anything to go anywhere. The devil will always make you feel like you're missing out. Because it is the demon called comparison. I want a man like that. I want a family like that. And after that camera is over, you don't know they're in a domestic violence situation. And you don't know that that man ain't with her. He's got three other women outside the picture. But everybody can take a picture of me like. And look happy for the gram. And not happy in life. But you need to tell the truth and say, I ain't fronting. This ain't, it ain't working and I don't like it. Someone say, tell the truth. Look at somebody say, tell the truth. Tell, tell the truth. I feel like Sophia. Sophia's home now. Things getting ready to be changing around here. Tell somebody, tell the truth. Let's tell it. There's nothing wrong with you telling the truth. There was a guy um, at one of the universities uh, just last week who committed suicide. Because of a relationship. Let me tell you something. Everybody in here, whoever you are, especially everybody who's 20 and 25 and 30, let me tell you. Evangelist Knowles said it well. I can get another you in a minute. Y'all don't know Evangelist Knowles? I'm sorry. It's Beyonce chapter 1 verses 3. I can get another you in a minute. Please don't ever make a permanent decision over somebody who's just temporary. Never. Turn a few people and say never, never, never. It ain't worth it. Ain't nobody worth it. Ain't no man worth it. Ain't no peace worth it. Ain't nothing worth it. You, you keep your peace and get some peace. It ain't worth it. Somebody holler out, it ain't worth it. You trying to get you some and walk around with some syphilis. And you wind up needing medication for the rest of your life. Now that you better protect it and get peace from God. All right, I got children. Come back. But you have to be able to say, Lord, help me in my areas. Help me in my season. Help me in what I'm going through. But you got to be able to say that thing and name that thing. And once you name it, confess it to God. And once you confess it, watch him grab it and watch him help you through it. We used to sing the song a long time ago, Brother Barry. Ask the Savior to help you.
comfort, strengthen and keep you. He's willing. He's able to aid you. He will carry you through. The first part of the song was yield not to temptation. For yielding is sin. Come on, somebody say, don't yield to it. Yield to him. Don't yield to that. I didn't mean to get into that. I want y'all to come back next week. I'm sorry, Bobby. Don't report that. But he had to ask him, Lord, he had to have permission. Hear this. Philip, Philip had to have permission to get in his chariot. I can't help you until you give me permission. Philip couldn't just jump in the chariot. And that's what a lot of us church people do. I want to judge you before I know you. I don't know what it's like to go what you've gone through. So I can't judge you if I've never been invited into your situation. So how dare I speak into something that I've never lived in? Somebody say, you, ain't, you don't know my story. Somebody just holler out, you don't know my story. Before you judge me being divorced, how about you go through it and then tell me what I'm supposed to do about it? you never gone through it, you don't know. Philip had to invite him into it to say, it's one thing for you to be riding and not understanding and trying to figure it out on your own. But Philip had enough humility to say, I, I'm tired of trying to figure this. I mean, excuse me. The eunuch said, I'm tired of trying to figure this out on my own. I need some help. And he invited him in. And Philip said, I'll sit with it. I'll sit with you until you fit. Then after that, he said, well, tell me what you're reading. Put the scripture back up there. He said, tell me what you're reading. He said, you know, well, according to the scripture, he's talking about he was like a lamb uh, who was shears is dead. And he was talking about him. And he said that uh, uh, he's, he, he had no justice in his life. And, and I'm trying to figure out if it's talking about Breonna Taylor. Is it talking about uh, Dante Wright? Is it talking about George Floyd? He had no justice. I'm trying to figure out uh, who is exactly is he talking about? Is he talking about himself or is he talking about him? Because you do know Jesus got no justice, too. Y'all thought protests just started. Oh, no, there was no justice and there was no peace there. <laughs> he did no wrong and still died. <laughs> That's why he said he was without no sin. He did no wrong. He did nothing. It was unfair situation. It was, it was unfair. He had no justice. He said, is he talking about himself or talking about today? And after that, it says that, that Philip started to explain to him the scripture, he said, uh, he started to talk to him about what was going on in the text. He said, because a real friend will ride it out until you get it out. A real friend will ride it out. Anybody got any ride or die friends in your life right now that you people who when something shows up, they like, I wish they would. <laughs> Because to deal with you means to deal with me because I'm gonna ride it out to get it out I wish I had some hood people. I'm sorry. I, I thank you for the urban people But I wish I had some hood people real quick and say I'm gonna I'm ride I, I'm right. That's what I'm doing. That's why I came to go for it because I, I wish you would I, I just wish you would I wish you would try me. You better try Jesus. Don't bet the Don't try me. You heard me Somebody say I'm gonna ride it out I think I did pretty good with that. Rock, I do all right. I think I did good. I did. See what y'all made me? Like, shoot. I'm sorry. All right, so let me stop. 
Christian, I'm so sorry. I didn't take my medication. So he said, I want you. He said, he said, oh, you don't understand this thing. I'm going to ride it out till you get it out. What that means is I will keep explaining it until you, I will keep explaining it to you until you get it. I'm going to keep telling you the story until you get it. I'm going to keep telling you the story until what's in me is in you. Miles, come here real quick. Y'all clap your hands for Miles. Um, when things seem wrong, as they sometimes will, the road you're trudging seems all appeal. Rest if you must, but don't you quit. All right. Now, how long did you have to work on that? Like two weeks. Why did you learn it? Um, to remember it like when things go wrong. Yes, yeah. But who told you? You. Why? I don't know. But what happens when you get older? When something happens, what's going to happen with the words that you learned? Will the words be because I gave it to you, or will they be your words? My words. Why? Because I remember what, the, what you told me. Now, when y'all look at him, who does he look like? <laughs> I'm not offended. If y'all think he looks like Mel, that's good. He might look like his mama, but some of me is in him too. Because at some point, he's not going to be in our house but whatever we put in him is going to be in him. But until he gets out, I have to keep speaking until he gets it out. Because I'm responsible to keep writing it out until he gets it out. So that when he leaves, he's going to then say, when things seem wrong, as they sometimes will, the road your trojan seems all up, he'll rest if you must. But don't you quit. It has nothing to do with a poem. Now he's going to come in a situation where things are going to seem wrong. And he's going to find in himself, I will not quit. Because why? Because my daddy showed me. My mama showed me how not to quit. Is there anybody in the room who you got somebody in your life who wouldn't let you give up? Give God praise. Thank you very much. Write it out. And there's some of y'all who you only write it out when it's popular. You give up too fast. You give up too soon. Just because something is happening right now is a temporary season. Maya Angelou said it best. Every storm runs out of rain. Every storm. Storm doesn't last forever. Every storm runs out of rain. Don't give up while you're just in a temporary moment. Don't give up yet. Ride it out. Somebody say ride it out. Walter Hawkins would hear he would say, don't wait till the battle's over. Shout now. So he said, I'm going to explain it to you until you get Jesus. I'm explaining it to you until you know Jesus. I'm explaining it to you until you have him. So he went on and he explained it to him. He said, I'm going to write it down until you get it out. And then after that, then we're through here. Then after that, then the eunuch says, I see a body of water. He said, what's preventing me from getting baptized right now? 
which means that he went from hearing about it to now something is happening within him. He went from hearing someone explaining to him to all of a sudden now it's in him. He said, what's preventing me from getting saved? What's for many? What's preventing me? Because he knew ritual. So what he was saying is, what's in the rules for me to give my life to Christ? Philip said, oh, there's no rule for this. He said, if you're ready, I'll get you in the water. If you're ready, I'll do it. Now, what was the water representing? The water, there was no power in the water, but the water was symbolic to say that when you get baptized, it is a, it is a, it is a representative in a symbolic form to say that I am burying my old life and my new life is being resurrected. Because as Jesus was crucified and was buried, he got up with a justified body. That's what he said, a glorified body. He said, so every time we get baptized, the water is symbolic of it's washing away who I was. And I am becoming back up new. That's why scripture says 2 Corinthians 5 chapter verse 17. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things, I got baptized, are are done away with. And now all things have become new. I just got baptized. Baptism is not about you being wet. Baptizing is not about the water. It's not about the, the, the white robe. And it's not about somebody singing, take me to the water. It's not about that. It's about, it's a symbolic to give a sign to the enemy that I'm no longer yours. I no longer belong to you. I'm no longer where I was. If you got to look for me, you got to find me in the water. And the water represents the blood. If you got to find me, you're going to have to find me in the blood. And you can't find me in there. So, so Peter, so Philip, excuse me. So Philip lastly said, he says, I want to make sure because this is the last thing. It says, because after he, he sent him to the water and after he got baptized, it says that immediately Philip, uh, it says Philip transcended. Philip left. And once Philip left, it says he was no more. It's what the scripture says. It says that after he got baptized, the unit was left by himself. Philip left. He was no, God took him away. Meaning that after his assignment was complete, God said, your work is done here. Go on. I don't want you to stay around. So the unit was left there by himself. And the Bible says that the unit was there celebrating and excited about his new life in Christ. Now, why did Philip leave him? He left him because a real friend will lead you to the one who never leaves. My last point. That a real friend will lead you to the one who never leaves. Which is to say... My job is to make sure I lead you to Jesus, not become your Jesus. My job is to be a bridge to get you there, not to be the one that is your source. I will lead you to it. And once I get you there, I have to leave and go on to go help somebody else. What some of us have done is we lead you and you become our mentee. And when you become our mentee, there's nothing wrong with mentors, but when you become my mentee, and then that means you become a clone of me. So now you can't do it without me. My job as a person who's supposed to coach you is to make sure that you become better than me. My job is to help you until you no longer need me. A real coach, a real mentee, a real mentor will, 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 will uh, get to the point where they will raise you up till they have no job. Where you will know how to do what I do better than I do it. Because the job is to work myself out of a job. 
to be able to put so much of myself in you that you no longer lead me to be around. That when I'm not around, you know exactly what to do at all seasons, at all times. His job, Philip's job, was to say, my job is to point you to Jesus. Because you're going to need Jesus, not me. I got you to the water. But after this water, you're going to need to walk with him. After this water, you're going to need to have a relationship with him. Because I, people will abandon you, but he will never abandon you. And I want to apologize to everybody in the room that we've led you to ourselves and not to him. We've led you to this, led you to this. This room right here is not to be worshipped. This is an equipping room. You see the way the room is set up? It's an equipping room, which means that when these doors open, your job is to go back out. Go back out. And do what God has told you. Go back out and do what it is that he's assigned you to do. Because in a second, he's going to lift me up and I'm going to leave. But I want to make sure that you're connected to the one who will never leave you. That by Tuesday and by Wednesday, when you need somebody, when you need a friend, there is not a friend like Jesus. Not a one. That's what a real friend is. And I'm asking you, brother, and I'm asking you, sister, I'm finished. I'm asking you, those of you who are connected to somebody, can anybody say you're a friend to them? Have you left your crowd and prioritized the call? Have you got to the point that you're sitting with them until they fit in? Have you gotten to the point where you're riding it out until they get it out? And have you gotten to the point that you can finally lead them to the one who would never leave them? Because if you haven't gotten to that point, you're not a friend, you're a stumbling block. And I don't want to be a stumbling block, I want to be your friend. I love what John Maxwell says. He said, my name is John Maxwell and I'm your friend. A friend will always leave you better than they found you. If you got a whole bunch of people in your life that all they're trying to do is drain from you, they're not friends, they're leeches. Real friends add to you. And that's what Philip was in this scripture. And I hope I did a great job to be able to explain it to you that Philip, all he wanted to do was follow the assignment of Christ, show up for what was needed. And when the thing was completed, move on and go on to the next assignment. To be able to say, I've learned not to get stuck where God is not anymore. God has moved on. Now it's time for me to go to my next assignment. Someone just lift your hand right now and say, Lord, thank you for being my friend. Someone lift your hand right now and say it again. Lord, thank you for being my friend. And now say this, Lord, help me to be a friend. Say it again, Lord, help me to be a friend. This month, I sent you all a call for those of you who got it last night. And I'm asking you all month. For those people that you're connected to, those people who are not connected to Christ, those people who don't have a church home, those people who are not. I'm not talking about people who will go to First Baptist so-and-so and Methodist there and apostolic faith here. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about there are people you're connected to who have nowhere and they're not connected anywhere and they have no friend. I'm asking you, Philip, can you leave your busyness for a second to write down the names of some people who need Jesus? Some people who need a friend, and can you connect them to the friend? Can you connect them and make sure that, they, that when you sit beside somebody, you're sitting there saying, Lord, I hope this is the service that they give their life to Christ. I hope this is the service that they give their life to Christ. I hope this is the service that they make a connection. I hope that you use me to lead them to Jesus. That's all I want you to do. Can I have anybody in the room right now that would just hear me before you raise your hand? Anybody in the room who will say, I'm committing this month 
to connect somebody that I know to Jesus this month. That's all I want to do. Thank you. Thank you, sister. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, raise your hands high because I want you to look around the room and host my account. Also, all I want you to do is say, I'm committing this month. Thank you. I'm committing this month. Somebody this month is coming to Jesus. Now, listen, your job is not to save them. That's not your job. Your job is to get them close to the water. <laughs> Just lead them. Get them there. He'll do the rest. Um, someone has sent us a message the other day, and um, I'm going to respond to it. I told um, our media team I'm going to respond to it. And someone said to me, and um, I don't want to, though I still have live, and I want to say this real quick about a friend. Someone sent us a message on our Facebook page, and they said, so... What does the pastor feel, basically, about transgender people? And what is their role in life? And I responded to it, yeah, and I told them, I said, I'm going to respond. And as soon as I said, I'm going to respond, the first thing that came to my mind immediately was two things. One, it was a trap for me to get, for me to get tripped up in rules. And rituals for me to say who God loves and doesn't love and immediately God said the response is this and it's always this for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever that means whoever fits in there whoever shall not perish but have now all of you rule biting people. Well, what about this? And what about sin? Yeah, all of us have sinned. All of us have sinned. When you look around someone say, I'm all. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory. So if I'm going to get up here and start talking about all the sins, I got to talk about everything. I'm going to change the love of Christ to be legalistic every Sunday. He would not come down from the cross because he loved me more than the pain he was in. Because while I was in sin, he still loved me. And I'm saying that I gave that, I gave that not just because people, people send messages all the time, but I wanted to say that because there's some of you all who are here and there's some of you who are streaming in right now who you're waiting for a reason to leave God because you think he left you. No. That's not the love of Christ. That's not him. No. He'll send you a Philip to get in your chariot just to make sure you understand how much he loves you. Don't get mad at Philip for telling him that there is nothing you can do that can separate you from the love of Christ. Nothing you can do. If anybody can celebrate that right now, come on, clap your hands all over the room and just thank God. Yeah, yeah. I want to pray for everybody who's streaming. Um, take me to um, B flat. I want to pray for everybody right now um, that's watching and everyone who's in the room right now. And uh, yes, um, this message was to your heart. And the reason the message was to your heart is because I feel like there's some people that are in chariots and there are people who are, are at places where you feel like you just can't, you can't understand and you don't understand and it's okay. 
but I want to make sure that you know that today that the love of God is reaching you. Is that B flat? Give me that so I can hear. There are some things I may not know. There are some places I can't go. But I am sure of this one thing that God is real for I can feel him deep within yes God is real he's real in my soul yes God is real for he has watched and made me whole his love for me is like pure gold yes God is real for I can feel him in my soul Jesus is real real Jesus is real to me oh yes he gives me the victory so many people doubt him I can't live without him that is why I love him so he's so real to me point to your heart right now say he's real in my soul you know I um there are some things about the gospel that should never change there are some things about this feeling that should never change that all you know you might not know the songs you might not know all the things but you know in your soul he's real for anybody in the room anybody streaming right now who right now today you want to give your heart to Jesus you never give your heart to Jesus you said I've, I've been riding in a chariot and I've never understood I don't understand it I don't get it at all but today I want to give my life to Jesus I want to make the decision Philip came to me today through your message I'm ready to give my life to Jesus if you're here I want everybody today on the count of three everyone say the same prayer with me today all right ready one two three say dear God here I am I've been riding by myself come on say it out loud and not understanding thank you for sending a friend thank you for being my friend now I confess you as my Lord I believe you died for me I believe you got up for me save me forgive me of my sins I believe I'm saved in Jesus name. I want to take this time to thank you for your prayers support and generous giving that make this ministry possible for more ways to connect visit online at growthpointchurch.org if you've enjoyed today's message you can like subscribe share with your friends or take a screenshot and share on your social stories and tag us at my growth point until next time keep growing